Harvey Penick and I were preparing this book when he fell ill with pneumonia in the spring of 1995 and passed away with Tom Kite at his bedside. That sad Sunday afternoon was one week before Ben Crenshaw won a second Masters Championship in what seemed a supernatural manner, as if the spirit of his mentor had entered his mind and heart to guide him to this triumph. Only two weeks earlier, again on a Sunday afternoon, Harvey had given the final lesson of his more than 70 years as a teaching pro. From his deathbed, the 90-year-old Penix spoke hoarsely as Crenshaw stroked balls on the carpet. Ben was using a hickory-shafted Saracen putter that was kept in the corner for lessons to pilgrims who came to the house seeking aid. Ben placed his hands on the old putter, and Harvey began reminding Crenshaw of the boyhood stroke they had known together. Trust yourself, believe in yourself, the old master said. As Ben turned to leave the bedroom for what they knew would be the last time, there was a look on his face as if an electric shock had struck his soul. During the following week, Harvey had brief periods when he could breathe without the oxygen tube in his nose, and the pain in his back diminished, and he talked of returning soon to the practice range. During those good periods, Harvey would bring up the new book he had been concentrating his efforts towards. Harvey was always cordial, despite his illness, but he was growing weaker and more frail. I thought Harvey was going to pass over on the Sunday that Ben and Julie Crenshaw and their daughters came to see him. Harvey had been trying to talk to me, but his breath was rasping, and his lips refused to form the words. When I met Ben at the front door, I said, you'd better hurry. A few minutes later, I was surprised to see Harvey roll over on one elbow and hear him loudly and distinctly say, go get the putter, to begin the last lesson with Ben. Harvey fought off death several times in the next week. He was exhausted and in terrible pain, but he was determined to be at Austin Country Club on Sunday for the unveiling of a bronze statue of himself and Tom Kite. When sculptor Don Davis had asked his permission, Harvey had replied, I've never done anything to deserve me being made into a statue. Davis then asked Kite, the U.S. Open champion and at that time golf's all-time leading money winner. Kite answered, I've never done anything to deserve me being made into a statue beside Mr. Penick. By Saturday night, Harvey realized he would not be able to endure the journey to the club. He was clinging to life purely by willpower. He told friends who had gathered around him that he wanted the unveiling to be an occasion of celebration, not of mourning. On that Sunday afternoon, the wrapping was removed from the statues. Revealed were two standing figures, Harvey as mentor, studying the swing of pupil kite. The teacher and the pupil gazed through the oaks down toward the first tee and the river. In a sometimes trembling voice, Kite told the crowd that day, When I am asked what is the biggest break I ever had in golf, I say it is when the IRS transferred my dad from the Dallas office to Austin. Because I arrived in Austin at age 13 to encounter Mr. Penick and Ben Crenshaw. In my wildest dreams, I couldn't have hoped for a finer teacher or stronger competition. The moment the ceremony ended, 
I went back to Harvey's bedroom with his lawyer, Richard Pappas, and we described the event. Harvey raised up as nearly as he could and grasped my hand with both of his and said, I'm going to die now. I am ready. Kite came in a short while later. Harvey asked how Davis Love III was doing at the tournament that moment in New Orleans. The late Davis Love Jr., himself a great teacher, had been one of Harvey's favorite pupils on the University of Texas golf team. Now his son needed to win to get an invitation to the Masters the next week. Kite told Harvey that Davis was in a playoff. Harvey smiled and lifted his thin arms up to his face and clapped his palms together three times. Shortly past five o'clock, Harvey's son-in-law, Billy Powell, entered the bedroom with the news that Davis Love III had won the tournament in New Orleans and had qualified for the Masters. Sometime in these seconds, 